0: chapter two of the first american sister of charity elizabeth bailey seaton by john clement reveal this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter two the angel of the lazaretto to the stranger who for the first time sets foot upon her shores italy is a land of enchantment her sunny skies the music and the laughter of her children the treasures of art found in her great cities and the humblest of her hamlets, the monuments of bygone ages that everywhere meet the eye, the ruins of her pagan shrines, the splendor of the temples she has raised to the worship of the true God, her sufferings, her victories, the glory of her mountains helmeted with snow, the wizardry of her valleys. Weave an irresistible spell over the imagination and the heart to those magic shores the shepherdess had carried william seaton and his beloved wife and child in the words of the trojan exiles well might they have exclaimed tendimus in latium sedes ubi fata beatas ostendunt.' to italy we sail where providence points out to us a peaceful a blessed home Yet Elizabeth may have heard something like the echo of those words that sounded in the hero's ears of old, bidding him fly from an inhospitable shore. Fuge crudelis terras, Fuge litus Avarum Fly, lady, fly from those cruel, those deadly shores. For beautiful and kindly to others, to her that enchanting land was at first to be an abode of sorrow and death yet the hand of god seemed to guide her thither almost in spite of herself to leghorn the shepherdess brought the news that yellow fever had again ravaged new york the very mention of the disease smote like a funeral knell on the officials of the port to make matters worse the little american vessel anchored in the roads could produce no health certificate its passengers therefore were forbidden to land and condemned to the lazaretto or detention hospital for a well nigh interminable quarantine on the ears of william seaton worn out by the long sea journey weaker even than when he had left new york shattered in spirit the sentence was a sentence of death elizabeth and anna maria could scarcely check their tears but the heroic mother and the brave little daughter did not think of themselves for that dear one's sake they endeavored to hide their cruel disappointment they had come they thought to the land of sunshine and flowers and balmy breezes they were doomed to a prison and a tomb but such it looked when after being rowed in a barge from the ship the three ill-fated voyagers reached a canal from which they heard the grinding of the lifted chains and then passing between high stone walls and frowning piers came to the damp and cheerless quarantine station they were treated kindly by the warden and the health officers but the nature of the mysterious disease of which they might perhaps be carrying the deadly germs prevented anything like familiar intercourse between the exiles and their guardians the lives of some of the greatest servants of God might well be summarized in these words, Heroism in Suffering. But in the splendid record these great men and women have left us, it might be difficult to find anything to surpass the heroic constancy, magnanimity, tenderness, and love which were now displayed by Elizabeth Seaton, this magnificent type of American and Christian womanhood she was not yet the foundress of the sisters of charity of Emmitsburg, but she was the sister of charity and the angel of the lazaretto she had not as yet the full light of the truth for which she longed but there can be no doubt that one of the reasons why later on she was given to see the plenitude of the truth was that she had never been rebellious to the light and that as far as she knew and as far as her feeble strength would allow she had never failed in her duties as wife and mother devoted wife gentlest of mothers if god gave the infant church of america great models and leaders in saintly prelates like carroll and chevereux and Brute and dubois and dubourg it was also by a special providence that he gave it a model for the womanhood of the great republic in this gentle but indomitable spirit the record which mrs seaton wrote of the tragic days spent with her dying husband and suffering daughter in the lazaretto of leghorn is one of the most touching and soul affecting ever written by a woman's hand it is the story of a great sorrow and a great love simple artless but poignant in its very simplicity it unconsciously reveals the nobility of her soul the depth of her christian faith and the strength of her woman's heart on entering the lazaretto the three prisoners for such they were had caught a hasty glimpse of antonio felici one of that merchant family with which william seaton had long been bound by the ties of the closest friendship antonio felici and his brother filippo deserved the gratitude of every american catholic to them mrs seaton owed first whatever alleviation was allowed her her suffering husband and the child in the lazaretto noble-hearted gentlemen merchant princes they used their wealth for no sordid or selfish aims they used it now for the relief of three exiles a dying husband an agonizing wife a little child all longing for the sunshine and the flowers and locked in a sunless tomb good samaritans they did not look merely to the wine the oil and the lodging for the welfare of the body they thought more of the soul of their suffering friends to antonio felici mrs seaton owed the beginning of her conversion his example and his words were decisive influences in her acceptance of the faith of which he was such a splendid example the angel of the lazaretto soon realized that god asked of her the sacrifice of her husband's life the chills the fever the racking cough the sleepless nights the wasting frame and sunken eyes of the patient told her that the end was near even with all the kindness of antonio felici to help her she could do but little to relieve Seton's pain even if her gentle ministrations could for a moment relieve the sufferer the gloomy walls of their prison the brick floor the wind that swept through every crevice of their cell the beating of the waves against the rocks on the shore not far away created an atmosphere of fear and terror against which it seemed impossible to fight william seaton had been a model husband a man of spotless honor and life but like dr bailey he had been but little influenced by religion one of the blessings of suffering is that it turns the soul to god the prisoner of the lazaretto moved undoubtedly more than ever by the gentleness the love and patience of the angel that knelt by his side murmuring his name in her prayers that god might spare him to her love must have asked himself what was the source of her fortitude and her love it could be none other than the religion she so conscientiously obeyed and which as a boy he had practised with unhesitating faith and then forgotten with elizabeth and the innocent anna maria poor little lamb already exposed to the cruel winds of suffering he prayed again and the sacred name fell from his lips in his suffering he recognized the hand of god and submitted to his holy will taught by that guardian angel whom god had given him for his consolation and joy he sincerely and humbly turned to him begging pardon for his sins with filial trust in his mercy and goodness it was almost christmas and memories of home and the loved ones left beyond the seas crowded upon the exiles only for the devotion of the felices the great feast would have been passed in the dreary cell of the hospital thanks no doubt to these good samaritans the days of quarantine were slightly abridged and though barely able to move so weak was he and so near to death william seaton was carried to pisa followed by his heroic wife and child it was the nineteenth of december christmas day had dawned and the bells were ringing their merry peal from every steeple along the arno when seaton opened his eyes after a feverish night's rest the watchful and unresting angel wife was at his side announcing tidings of great joy for it was the day she told him of their dear redeemer's birth the day that opened to them the gates of everlasting life husband wife and child prayed together two days after early in the morning of december twenty seventh his hand in the grasp of wife and child william seaton quietly passed away his last words were my dear wife and little ones my jesus have mercy and receive me the trial had been severe but fortified by her unquestioning faith her never faltering trust in god her wifely devotion the sufferer had borne her slow martyrdom without a murmur if she trembled under the blow her brave spirit was not broken she lifted her tear-dimmed eyes to heaven one day she would rejoin the husband of her youth he had not entirely forsaken her for Anna and the little babes he had left her still remained. For them she would live and toil, and in living for them, she was but carrying out his wishes and cherishing his memory. In her hour of sorrow, the exiled American lady realized that she had more friends in this strange land than she had ever suspected. The kindly warden or captain of the lazaretto, the officers of the hospital, and the attendants who had helped her in her seclusion gave her unmistakable signs of their delicate sympathy but the generous and kind-hearted felices especially proved her staunchest friends under their hospitable roof in leghorn the sorrowing widow and her daughter found at last that rest and comfort which after their tragic experience they so sadly needed elizabeth found more here for the first time practically she was brought into intimate contact with a genuine catholic family that noble catholic household deserves a place of honor in the memory and the heart of every catholic in the united states it was the deeply spiritual atmosphere the genuine catholic piety simple sincere tender which reigned in the home of antonio felici and his brother filippo which at first opened the eyes of Mrs. Seaton to the beauty, the worth, the real meaning of the Catholic religion. Their good example was one of the deciding factors in her conversion. Later on in life, when asked why she had become a Catholic, she answered that she had seen in Italy the practical workings of the Catholic Church. It was her commentary on the words of our Lord by their fruits you shall know them during the few months they stayed in leghorn and in florence with their friends anna fell grievously ill and then the devoted mother who tended her caught the same disease the charity the tenderness and watchful care of the felici's never failed mrs seaton realized more and more every day that her noble-hearted hosts drew their charity from some supernatural source that hidden source she discovered when with them in some quiet little shrine or in the wonderful churches of florence where men and women were not ashamed to pray before their sacramental god she attended mass or saw them receive holy communion her soul was naturally catholic and it is not astonishing that when she heard the sound of the little bell under her window that told the passers-by that the viaticum was born to the dying she knelt and prayed that if her lord and god was really present under the white round of the host he might bless and guide her when antonio felici taught her how to make the sign of the cross she trembled with a sacred awe In these few months her soul made rapid strides in the knowledge of God and in holiness. To Antonio Felici and the learned and zealous Irish priest, the Abbe Plunkett, she exposed her doubts. Merchant and priest solved them, but above all things told her to pray. But from across the waters the voices of her little ones seemed to be calling her. She longed to press them to her heart. For the last time she knelt at her dear Seton's grave, and a Catholic already in instinct prayed for that loved one's soul. At the last moment Antonio Felici, who had for some time intended to visit the United States in the interest of his business affairs, decided to sail with her. To their dear Felicis then, mother and daughter bade a loving farewell then the sailor's cry that mrs seaton loved the long and hearty yo ho yo ho of sturdy men straining at the capstan bars sounded from the flamingo's crew as the ship spread wings to the breeze and turned her prow to the west fifty-six days after on the third of june the flamingo brought the voyagers safely home a little more than a month after Tragic news spread dismay through New York and the entire country. Alexander Hamilton, victim to the absurd and sinful code of honor of the duelist, had fallen mortally wounded under the murderous pistol fire of Aaron Burr on the rocky heights of Weehawken. End of chapter 2